Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordof-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordof-robbins.org.uk. In the shadows, women in blues and jazz. I'm Fiona Ross, and I'm Esther Bennett. And this is a show that um, what shines a light on the women who have made an impact on blues and jazz since day one. And thanks to Colette for asking us to sit in for her. So Colette asked us to guest host this episode while she's in rehearsal for her one-woman play about jazz Joplin, and you know because our organisation, Women in Jazz Media, was set up with a similar goal. To this podcast. Yes, well, Fiona is the founder. Fiona, shall we talk a little bit about how you got it started and then how we all joined in to progress with it? Yeah, I can do it. I mean, I could talk about this uh, for far too long, so I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. So I think a lot of people ask me how I started this, and I, I didn't have some kind of massive plan initially. It was uh, a, almost a year ago, in fact, just over a year ago today, um, I was uh, on Facebook. Uh, and I was looking at a, a jazz magazine and I quite often as a journalist look through different publications and different magazines. And I'm always searching for the writers. Uh, and there is a severe lack of uh, female jazz journalists and jazz writers out there. Uh, and I won't name the publication, but I was looking at a particular publication and they had a page um, with photos of all the writers. And I was like, oh, this is glorious. You can actually see all of these writers rather than kind of digging through the articles to find out who wrote them. Um, but then as I was looking, I was realizing there was, where are the women? Uh, there was uh, only two women. So there was, a, there was about 50, 50 odd writers on this page and only two women and, and no one, everyone was white. Um, so that got my back up. And I just, I think I realized at that point, and I see this kind of thing all the time, but at that point, I was just like, you know what, I've had enough. I've had enough. Where, where are the female writers? I know they're there. 
So I thought, well, I'm just going to set up a Facebook page, um, just as simple as that. I thought, let me just set up a Facebook page, see if we can get a little community together um, initially for female journalists and female writers. Uh, and it was just one of those things. I was like, well, am I going to call this Facebook page? And I'm like, well, you know, we're women in jazz, but it's not it's not necessarily musicians. Uh, and so I just kind of threw media into the mix and, and started a, a Facebook page called Women in Jazz Media. And it just kind of all uh, escalated from there, Esther. <laughs> yeah, well, um, y y should we talk a little bit about why I decided to get involved? Or well, yeah, do you know what? It's actually because I can't quite remember. It feels like you've been such a crucial, integral part of the team for so long. Um, I was thinking about this earlier on. I was like, I can't remember actually how, how we found each other. I mean, obviously, I've been aware of of your incredible music and your fabulous work but yeah how, how I can't remember what happened how did how did we get you involved in women in jazz media well likewise in that I knew you as a, a singer and a performer and a journalist and um it was the international women's day publication ah uh, yes but you very kindly and without uh my knowledge I, you'd, you'd reviewed one my 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 Duncan Lamont EP and then I was very busy promoting my second EP, you know, that sort of lockdown period. And I'd seen, you know, some activity from women in jazz media. And then there was this online magazine uh, international for International Women's Day. And you'd also put a box of a list of the people that you're reviewing. And I've been so busy with um, promoting all the things involved with promoting an EP that it wasn't. I looked at this list and I thought, oh, my name's on it. Well, that's mm -hmm. nice. Because uh, I hadn't asked you, and you've just done it. And then this online magazine, which I think are amazing. There's these on. You've, you did one for the jazz festival as well. You can sort of. It's all digital, but you can hear the pages turn. And it was brilliant. <laughs> it was so well presented. Um, that's the most, not the most important thing, but it is important that for me, you know, and you know, because of your link to journalism and whatever else that might involve in your capabilities of presenting things. And I thought this is really on point it's the time uh, I did pride myself in thinking of I have a sort of intuitive feeling for when things are timely and right and and if I say how they can be successful it sounds a bit too business-minded but all of that you know which can tie in with of course and all of the things that it covers really uh whether it's women women black lives matter um lgbt are all the politics and human uh, part of human existence that I've lived my life by. I've just never really wanted to politicise the, the jazz side of me. You know, living it and living uh, my life experience will tick all those boxes anyway. But there was just a bit of me that thought it's time to get on board uh, with that sort of thing in in relationship to my jazz career and this seemed like a really good one this just really hit home it just hit a point with me and you'd already been quite kindly reviewed and done promotion that I hadn't asked for and it's also my ethic nature my work ethic regardless of what political boxes I live by or tick has to give something back you know I think well there's as well as it being a good organisation to be involved with there are benefits from being in a group. We manage ourselves, you know, most of us as jazz artists. But it's my ethics to also give back and, and work. You know, I'm, I've got a, a, a strong work ethic. And so that's 
why I joined and I was quite right it is good yeah. <laughs> well thank you and yeah I mean you are amazing but Joe, you know, it's interesting you were saying about um politics because um one of the first things I did when I um because I think yeah you know, once I started up this Facebook page I wasn't expecting what happened next and and I was emailed and messaged um by many women all over the world um saying that they've been looking for something like this and they they felt they were the only women um that about writing about jazz and they felt very uh, kind of on their own and and how grateful they were to find a group like this it was it was that that made me realize oh okay this this is bigger than just a, a simple Facebook page and the next thing I did is like okay well let's see see if I can get some publications on on board and I did um emailed many we have some amazing partners and supporters but to, to your point about politics there was one and I won't say who it is but you know, I had a standard uh, sort of email I was sending out just explaining what Women in Jazz Media is about and that, you know, our dream is a, an equal and diverse jazz industry, uh, whereas at the moment it isn't equal and diverse um, and that we want to platform and support women in, in all areas. Um, and that was our goal. I mean, it's nothing complicated. And I did get one response from one publication um, that said, um, we wish you luck in your little endeavor, um, but we don't support political movements. And I remember thinking, well, since when is equality um, and <laughs> a political movement, yeah. I have to say, yeah. and, I, and I, I was very good because I was very calm and I kind of thought about it and I sent a, uh, an appropriate um, reply back. But I was surprised how people you know, I think instantly quite often when you talk about, you know, women's rights, suddenly think you're kind of, you know, uh, on this huge, hardcore feminist uh, kind of protest. And, it, and, and it's like, there is a time and absolutely a place for that. But for women in jazz media, honestly, the dream is just that everybody is there. There is a space for everybody. It's a safe space. It's an equal space. The diversity is there. Um, and that, you know, we're doing our thing. I think what was nice about the International Women's Day launch when you launched the magazine and, and the organisation proper was a number of men who, 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 are, who came and talked and were involved and still are, like Chris Hodgkinson is very supportive, you know, he used to be the chair of um, Society K and he's, you know, he's, he's always supportive but, and, and, and others because it's not about, as, I mean, as you know as well, I'm really not into the sort of cancel culture um labeling and it's not about excluding anybody it's about joining in and adding but it's the other people are it's surprising that you know you put the word women in it in anything and some people still do get there oh <laughs> women women you know and yeah but you know that's what, a bit I, disappointing I, I just think well never mind love you know i can't help you with that well that's what's <laughs> key and i think that's what i find surprising all the time actually because you know and in fact i had an interview um a while ago where um the person who was interviewing me was asking about women in jazz media and the work we were doing uh, and genuinely said oh yeah but it's all all right for women now isn't it and it's like you know <laughs> firstly no um, but, you know, some people think that, you know, it's not a problem anymore. And it's like we have years of history of not being platformed and not having equal rights. Um, you know, years of that before we're in anywhere near a place where it is equal. Um, and yeah, it's not about domination. And, and I love that we have men involved. And that's a key message that we get across, which, as you say, uh, Esther, you're completely on board with, is that 
yeah the thing is as women our mindset's already there we know we're there we know we you know we know we're doing it we know we're capable of doing it and we are doing it so it's not our mindset that needs shifting you know so quite often it's it's you know it's the not all men obviously there's some incredible men out there but quite often it's these male dominated publications and, and organizations that don't seem to realize that we're out here doing it. And in fact, a, a perfect example, we, we, as you know, as you were part of the team, we put on a, our first kind of London Jazz Festival event. And it was an amazing event. And we had you know, 16 different events in 11 days. And, and we were working with female sound engineers. It was important that, that it was female led in, in every area. So not just kind of the, the lead performers, that actually the team organizing it were, were female. Um, and we had female sound engineers. And, and, and one of the nights, a guy came up to me and he said, oh, look, you've, you've got female sound engineers. And I was like, yes, we do. And he actually, and you could tell he was genuine. He said, I didn't realize women did that. And, and, and that for me kind of was, was a perfect kind of um, statement for him to make, because that's the point is that as much as many people don't even question, of course, women are doing it, of course, women are incredible. And, you know, but there are still many people that don't realize that there are female sound engineers, that there are, you know, female um, led acts, you know, and they're not just singers. So, yeah. you know, there's still an awful lot, an awful lot to do. Uh, and we're getting there. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said about joining an organization, there's enough to do in your own career. And I mean, we're all, you know, originally went to art college and then music and drama. We're, we're already enlightened, aren't we? We are sort of uh, enlightened people. But there, you can get in a bit of a bubble, which is quite nice sometimes, actually. But, you know, it's not everybody is. And when you, I remember, because I do the Instagram, don't I? And when you, mm. they send me the data and the, the photographers to be credited and stuff. And there was one guitarist I couldn't, we couldn't, they'd send a photo, but no name. Um, an American jazz, female jazz guitarist and I googled female jazz guitarist and mm. one hundreds came up you know mm. uh, and I'll liken that to sport in a minute and, you know since the Olympics all, all these female cyclists and footballers and cricket players didn't suddenly get oh I'll just start playing mm -hmm. you know, they've always been there yeah <laughs> it's just super. but the other thing that came up and I told you this in I think I said it in another podcast doesn't really matter um was the, you know, the most Googled thing, not Google didn't design it, what, what statistically the most Googled thing about female jazz guitarists is, are female jazz guitarists attractive? Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> like it's not hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this T-shirt will do. I've been practising them for eight hours now. Um, so that was quite funny. I mean, I, I tend to find things humorous rather than angry. You know, I, I, I'm, I, that's the way I like dealing with it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's one thing about that I, I try very hard and, you know, I'm, I'm very calm and very patient, but um, it, it doesn't mean it's not a challenge, you know, and there's things every week that happen that you could easily get very angry about, very, very angry about, or you could laugh about it. And for yeah, me, I, I, I prefer humor than. Yeah, well, for me with Women in Jazz Media, it's all about action. It's yeah, like, I, you know, I already know. And in fact, I'll give you an example again without naming names. Um, we posted yeah. one, one of our biggest achievements. Well, I say actually it's not really us that did it. We just facilitated it. Um, but after we won the Parliamentary Jazz Award, literally the day after that, um, the National Jazz Archives emailed me 
uh, and they said, it was brilliant but they said to me you know sorry but we, you know we'd not heard of women in in jazz media until last night when you won the award and it's like well if I wouldn't have expected you to have heard of us yeah this was only no, a few, no, a few no, months no. after we'd started so mm-hmm. um but he said please help us yeah. uh, and I said oh I'd love to and so we had you know we had a discussion about you know, the diversity of, of the archive. Uh, and we talked about various different things. And, and one of the issues was photography. And they said, well, yeah, we currently don't have any female photographers in the archive. And I was like, well, this isn't, you know, this is brilliant because for me, this is this is an easy, quick fix. You know, we already know there are many photographers uh, all over the world, but yeah, many photographers that do incredible work in the jazz industry. So so we've managed now, and I say we just, yeah, it's obviously not, it's it's uh, Tatiana Goryovsky and Monica Jakubuska. Um, it's their, it's their photography. And they're now in the, jazz, in the National yeah, Jazz Archive, which is amazing. But as an example of kind of the mindset of people, I, I put a, well, women in jazz media put a post on Facebook announcing this we put this lovely picture and said oh yeah you're absolutely thrilled for these two amazing photographers that they are the first women in the National Jazz Archive and there were so many wonderful quite rightly comments celebrating their work and what an achievement but of course there was always always one and there was one guy who just said oh I thought um you know Val um Wilmer was in the archive and it was just that comment no kind of congratulations who I thought or genuine question it was it was a dig for me and I looked at that and and I kind of thought you couldn't have said congratulations you had to pick out a fault yeah that's going to be wrong isn't it you know and there's always you know but for me you know I just replied and said you know oh sadly no she's not um you know she does have amazing work And, and he replied and kind of said well she should be in there um, to which I said, yes, I quite agree. Um, but I think you'll also agree uh, that Monica and, and Tatiana's work is, is also valid. Um, but it's little niggly things like that, that you know that there's still people out there, their mindset, if they can't, you know, they can't help, they can't support, they have to point out um, things like that. So I, I have to be quite patient with people. I know, I know. I mean, you're better. I mean, I don't, I've, I had a couple of things like that, but I always message, message directly. I don't get, I don't, you know, don't threaten them or anything. Um, <laughs> but I am quite like <laughs> nicely, um, I suppose I do scare them a bit. I know, no, yeah, no. Behind the scenes at Women Jazz Media, <laughs> Esther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Birmingham, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't hurt them, I just scare them, you know. <laughs> Goodness me! <laughs> the joke. No, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bit. It's always a bit by, by surprise. And what what I felt was funny is that sometimes it's people from people you least expect. You know their history, and you know that they've been really the words right on. But you know they've covered other angles. The only example I had, it wasn't anything nasty. It was just a bit obvious. They've gone, Ooh, you know, the word "woman's" come into it, and it's like, well, don't you know, worry about it. It's just a word. But that. You know, you know that they're in other other areas. They've been really sort of groundbreaking and supportive, and obviously they're on the right side of politics. And you think, God, we're still bottom of the pile, then, aren't we? Well, I think this is the thing. Whereas, you know, each time something amazing happens, and it is amazing, I think I realise how far we still have to go. But you know, that that's why we're here. That's why I formed it. It's like, and, and also I think as much as there are, and I hate this term, so I don't know why I'm using it, but quick wins. Very oh, much a, a business term. Oh, I hear it all the time in, in oh. kind of different areas of my work, but you know, a quick win. Oh, a um, bit of a win, a bit of a fad, a bit of a, oh, let's, yeah, bam, Well, it's just something, you know, 
But yeah, in this context, you know, if you think about the National Jazz Archive, yeah, that was in many respects a quick win. It's like that was an easy thing for us to do. It could oh, have been quick done. Win. I thought you said quick wind. Oh, no, win, win, as in win and lose. Yeah. Oh, um, right. But that was a quick win. But I think every time something like that happens, I just realise how much more there is to do. But, you know, putting, putting it in context, it's mindset. It takes time to change people's mindsets. No, no, but when I said why I joined as well, mm. and Georgia Mancio agreed with me, we were talking about it when I was that hosting that night, she did. Mm. I looked at it and I thought, this is very timely and it's put together in the right way. It, it's because it's like media vibe, you know, it's because of the journalism side. It's really, really timely. And so for me, those quick wins, I said to you with the parliamentary, I wasn't surprised at all. I wasn't surprised at all. Because they're not quick wins, they're wins that have been, they're, they're things that have been going on. And this is the yeah. medium for, that flipped the switch. And that's why I looked and I thought, there was a couple of other, well, I don't remember, because they weren't big organisations, but, you know, that were like, oh, you've got a man in that picture, so you can't. And it's like, oh, you know, but it hasn't got that. It's, it's business-like and it's, I can't really think of any other ways to describe it than I have already, that I just felt it was got, got its finger on the pulse. And so the quick wins, have been hard, hard fought for they don't surprise me yeah uh, yeah know, because at the national what we have to remember as well this is why I don't like and I know you don't support that having a go at people but mm. it's all people who've been doing things for ages whether it's you know running and booking um jazz jazz nights in all over the country or the national jazz archive they're all volunteers mm. so they're all going well and they're always going please help please help but you know, it takes somebody to go in and do that, and that's this is your re, this is the remit of this organisation. And they go, yes, please. You know, they're not <laughs> yeah. all going. Oh well, they don't decide not to embrace them. Sometimes they just haven't got round to it. Yeah, and that's the thing with me. I've and that's me as a person as well. And 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 how I try and do the work with women in jazz media. It's about action. You know, there is absolutely a time and a place and a, and a need for in-depth analysis and discussion. And we do that. But, uh, you know, from a women in jazz media point of view, it's about action. What can we actually do to make change? And I think that's a key thing. In fact, someone asked me, I think it was a few months ago, um, you know, how, how am I evidencing that we're actually doing any good? Uh, and although the question came came out as a, as a slightly sarcastic uh, comment, um, it's an excellent question because you know what? How, how do we know what we're doing is working? Um, you know, and and that's key for me to look at. You know, what are we actually doing? Are we just talking about it? So you know, putting on things like the London Jazz Festival. Yeah, well, that was you know that was not only platforming female performers and instrumentalists and sound engineers mm -hmm. and raising the profile of that venue from a kind of diversity point of view it was employment we actually obviously yeah. employed women so as a tangible evidence evidence base what have we done well we have given in paid employment opportunities to more women if we hadn't put that festival on well and um, also the, the other angles as well because we are you know you're it's a media organisation, but it represents Black Lives in Music, it represents LGBT, and then the mental health thing that goes, and, and, and art. So, it, you know, it, it's, it covers many many angles but like you just said it's employing people you know yeah I mean there's all different angles yeah and the venue and the venue as well yeah it worked for the venue yeah 
And yeah, then- no, and I think, you know, that that's what's important is action for me and actually doing things. And for example, in fact, um, you know, obviously we've got this amazing podcast that I'm going to mention Colette again because she's amazing. Um, but, you know, she's asked us to, to host this one. You know, we, we have a few different podcasts and there's one that, um, in fact, um, so a Shady White, who's one of our um, other team members, who's an incredible, incredible um, woman, um, she started an initiative. Um, we, we have partnerships with many different people, one of which, as you mentioned, Esther, is Black Lives in Music, but also Celine Peterson, who is, well, she's one of my heroes um, in Canada. And yes, Oscar Peterson's daughter. Um, and um, they're in partnership with us for a new podcast. We've only done one episode, so we'll see more of these in the new year, which is celebrating um, inspirational Black women in the jazz industry um, called Knocking Down the Door. Um, and we're hugely excited about that because, again, it's giving platforms to women that you don't see or you don't hear because we are all doing it. <laughs> so, you know, let's let's make sure everybody knows about it. Talking um, about all doing it, my ego's feeling a bit twinge, you know. Can we talk about us? I was about to say, I was <laughs> sure, because we'll, we could talk for hours. So, yes, no, but, and genuine question, Esther, because I know you emailed me a little while ago your, your amazing Christmas song so tell me music what what are you doing musically what are the plans in in esther's world well uh we we there's a chris i was working before he passed away in 2019 and a lot of people know that i was working uh with a project called the duncan songbook with duncan himself and we did an ep in 2019 2020 uh and last year he wrote some great christmas songs uh, for an album, for a Christmas album that Blossom Deary was um, bringing out, can't remember when, I think it was the nineties. It wasn't really Love Blossom Deary, was, yeah. And he'd written three. It was a compilation, uh, Christmas Spice and everything like. And it was, and he contributed to it. There were other songwriters. And actually, Tina May and I, we did we did a Christmas show at Posk a good few years ago with some of those songs. Anyway, there's a lovely one called The Yellow Ribbon and Love. And last Christmas. Terence Collie, who I work with a lot, and he uh, did our team night at the um, jazz festival, didn't he, recently for the Women in Jazz? Yes, I met him. He's lovely. Yeah, he is really lovely. And um, uh, we recorded it because we're doing a lot of recording together. He's really great. He, uh, he recorded uh, my last EP. He really, really knows his business, so that's good. And um, But we brought it out quite late because we just had the idea. And I asked Duncan Jr. because work, we work with him quite a lot. Is it OK to do it? Yes, he said. But it was like in the last week. So we decided to bring it out again this year in a bit more time. We're getting lots of radio play and, you know, doing the normal, you know, the normal thing that you do when you're promoting something. And so there's that that's out, which is nice. Yeah. In this cross, they're going to try and fit it into the Ronnie Scott's radio show on Friday. But, you know, we have to see. That would be exciting. But it's all lovely. It's all great. And it's a lovely song. So I'm busy kind of like sending that around, and you know. And then... um. I've been all year working on the idea of a new EP and it's a bit of a labour of love and it's a personal one, really. Um, tell tell me want... more. Pardon? Tell me more. I am on the boat too. Just stop me, girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, I've been going to Birmingham for quite a lot last year, back and forth. And um, I'd also been interested in the music of a friend called Didier Messidoro, who used to work at Six many years ago. He's a musician, but he's also a really great artist, very prolific. And, you know, the cover of my album, Safe, the EP Safe Places, that's his work. 
And I and he does more sort of film-based music, soundscape and stuff like that. And I was listening to it and I thought, I want to do something to this. And as you know, I went to, I've been interested in improvised music as well. I, I used to be, I played saxophone and I did quite a bit um, of improvised stuff many years ago that I want to get back into. I went yeah. to Charlotte. I don't. I don't feel we hear enough of your saxophone, Esther. We definitely. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, the thing is, it, it, it stopped, and then it became. Then it just became about the singing, and then that, you know, and that, and that was really busy, and then all the admin and all the EPs. But now I'm in a more settled place. I'll start to bring it back in. It was just that I really hadn't got the time, really, you know. And actually, to the level I wanted to play at, which was with jazz musicians. And the style I liked, it's not that what I felt was expected. I wanted to be able to play bebop and stuff like that, mm. and I hadn't got it there. But, you know, that was then, and this is now. Um, so um, this album, I wanted to sort of embrace improvised stuff and poetry and spoken word, uh, and a couple of poems of my mum's. Uh, some writing I'd done about my da- my father, and one about Birmingham, I'd read, one of the things about the more sentimental poems, because my mum's poetry was a bit sentimental, but I felt with spoken word and over music, over this kind of music, it wasn't slushy and sentimental. If I'd have sung those words in the in the context that I'm used to performing, it would have sounded a bit over sentimental, but it works in this context. So that's that one. The Birmingham one is something I've been... I've really been getting into Birmingham, its history, its industrial history. I love bleak. I love the bleak landscape. I love a bleak landscape. I'm brought up in the city, so grey and blue and pale um, and brown rooftops make me feel all warm and nostalgic. And, you know, I know they don't compare to the Swallow Falls or, you know, the landscape and nature, but for me, they, they touch something. And the music from Birmingham... The incredible legacy, the reggae, really, which I grew up with. That you know, I'm from exactly the same part of the world that nearly 40 are from, and um, everybody knows somebody's mum and dad, some whose mum worked at Cabbage Chocolate Factory, and everybody knows somebody who knows uh, one of you, B40. And a couple of well, a couple of them passed away, and it really kind of hit me. And there's a whole thing about that area and value of the multiculturalism and a and the mix, and a particular style of music that's always come out. It used to be Spencer Davis, there was that blues thing, the heavy rock, which I was never into, but they're emulating the sound of the factory. I just found that fascinating. My dad was a factory worker, that's why it was called metal. Uh, so in a musicologist way, I got into it, and the reggae I grew up with, it was always part of you because it was around the big Jamaican um, community. So I'd really done a lot of work and researching and things like that, and, and we've, we've done three tracks. Wow. I have to say, Esther, and, and forgive me because I'm now trying to remember uh, your previous albums, but th- this one definitely sounds very much more personal to you than your previous albums. Yeah, it is. It's from, from lockdown, when you're looking through all your memories, and I did go back to Birmingham fairly regularly and start really rediscovering it and falling in love with it again. And for my website, I did sort of story, and it's realising as well I mean, I, I grew up pre-conservatoire days and there was jazz, though. My mum was taking me to see jazz and Steve Jaya, who's still uh, around in Birmingham, really good player. You know, every Sunday afternoon, there was always a jazz scene and then Tony Dudley Evans in Birmingham jazz. But I'd left. I'd come to London to go to art college. I wasn't involved in jazz when I was in Birmingham. I mean, I, I'm a late 
I'm an August birthday, so I was just 18. I'd only spent 17 years there, really. But you're clubbing and going to, you know, I said the music that was influenced, even in youth clubs, was, was all good music. Um, and then I did my website. So I was just sort of looking into it, and you start to go, hang on a minute, this, this makes you, this, these influences make you and, and everything that happened in London, but they make your sound. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting to go right back, you know, rather than my development in London, you know. And do you think um, is that so? That's next year. That's coming out. Do you think, or you still you're still in the writing process? Well, no. I mean, there's three. The three tracks are done. That just have to be sort of edited and stuff. I'm, 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 um, and then and and then I'll do two or three more because they're short. I wanted to do one. Anyway, yeah, I've got to, I've got a couple of ideas, but um, I'll explore, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think of things, but the music's all there, it's just got this massive canon of music, so I'll pick things that, you know, I'm fitting the music to the words and then the rhythm of it and stuff, um, and those three really, one was poetry reading and the other one was fast, spoke, fast, just reading a story over some very fast, urban style music, you know, learning more and making it fit in. It was second by second, long bar by bar. So it was a great exercise to get those beats in and those points, you know, on a second by second basis rather than three bars in and stuff. Um, and I'll try now, what I want to try and do is a bit more of a, the improvised vocal stuff, you know, that Maggie Nichols and, and, and Phil Minkins and, 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 you know, all those sounds and noises. And I've got to think of a theme for that, you know, and I might bring a bit of sax in, although there's already sax on it because Gibbons is a sax player. We'll see. So I did two or three more tracks. Uh, we've got the next recording date on, on January the 4th. So I've got to have, yeah, I've got to have ideas over Christmas. Oh, that sounds brilliant. I've got a bit of flamenco, actually, because I'm really into flamenco music. Oh. And then there was a John Crawford uh, who's half Spanish. He brought some guys over from Malaga. And I'm going to, I've had the idea of just not trying to do the whole thing. It's sound like Beryl Reed, really. <laughs> Um, just copying some phrases and maybe using them. Brilliant. I can't, I can't wait. We will be plastering that all over our channels when it comes up. Because I think that's one thing, and I do hope you feel that, which I think is worth saying, because, you know, the way the team works is everyone brings in many different things. And we have loads of different projects that people either lead on or input in or, or help out on um, yeah. of writing. But part of that, obviously, we're a volunteer organisation. No one gets paid for any of this. Yeah. So it's important to me that we also support the team members. Yes. So I always try and find that balance of kind of talking about what the what women in jazz media are doing and other women, but also it's only right that we support and platform the women in the team as well, like yourself. So we will be plastering your work all over thank our you, channels. Thank you. Well, as I said, going back to why I joined, you know, we, we do we manage ourselves, like I say, it's like a little cottage industry, I call it. And I enjoy that. It's a wonderful lifestyle. Mm. Very occasionally one of the aspects was the benefit of a group yeah as I said but also then the, the side of me whether it's coaches or work ethic will go but you have to give something back you can't just take and you know it's not a management company and all this sort of thing but mm. it's just my inclination to be part of it I probably that's your pay, isn't it? I probably wouldn't want to do this sort of thing. I mean, I live in the tenant management housing and that's mm. I'm in the office now and I'm involved with that. Mm. I like that kind of community, social, 
small industry type of, of you know, the way running things. Maybe that's the Birmingham thing in the background, my dad was a trade union guy and stuff. But also there's, you know, you're not, I'm not saying you're not accountable, but you can do it in your own time. You know, I probably wouldn't want a, a full-time job in any of these things. Mm. Just don't, it's, it's a nice thing to do because it's a lifestyle as well. And yeah, community, isn't it? Well, it is, and also, and I think there's the two things that I've that I've particularly realised since starting this is yeah the power of a collective, in yeah, particular right. a female collective. Yeah. You know, not female. And I think that's one of the things when I first started this, and I was getting these messages from people from women across the world, is that they felt on their own. And, you know, and I, ha- I, I have a huge fear of that in some way. I don't like it when people say I feel on my own because no one is really ever on their own. You just feel like you might be. And I think that's one thing you see in, in our kind of group chat. Sometimes we just go, hey, good morning. Hope everyone's feeling good. You know, it's just knowing that there's you know other people there who understand the world that we're living in. I think that that's a really important thing about what we do. Well, you, you know, that's as I said, there's, We've said, had this conversation before as well. It's like even though you say it's a team, you did found, find it, found it. You are the founder of it, and there's an ethos about it. But that's what it is on the tin as well. You know, that, that's what it does. And it's not heavy, but, you know, that's the support. With it. Anyway, apart of that, talking about you and being a founder and all your wonderful things, <laughs> what, what's happening with you? What's your next? Uh, I, I, well, I see uh, the whole red flags and high heels, which I love uh great legs dancers legs not <laughs> dancers legs um so i see that's going great and all the reviews and the great one you just had in jazz journal and uh the gigs and i've seen it at the pizza express which is fair so what's happening with you oh gosh i don't even know where to start um no. well yeah i mean i just read so red flags and high heels i released in october i mean the original plan to be honest was um actually end of november december was when i was supposed to um, launch it which would have been after the London Jazz Festival which would yeah. have given me a little bit more time but I was offered a gig at Pizza Express Soho which I and I'd not played there before so I leapt on that and thought okay well you know let, let's launch the album beforehand so yeah that came out uh yeah beginning of October and yeah I've been overwhelmed by the response and I I, I, I always am I get I, I don't I think you know, as an artist you just do what you you know you do what you do you know you do the best you can um, and I think as a writer it's always a challenge isn't it when you're writing songs and just with your rescue, your, your generosity I mean if I was being really if I had my real sort of um, business hat on I'd say well you your generosity was amazing because you managed to still really shine and it was your show but you had so many guests I mean, I always have guests and things, but I'm a little bit more selfish than you. you, you think. It'd be nice to do that, but I want a bit of a break and a glass of wine at the bar, and they'll be really happy to send it to Pizza Express so they can, you know, give other guests, you know. Um, but, I mean, I'm obviously exaggerating for comedy again. But, if you, you know, you just have the, the front, like a show you're playing saxophone as well, you know, and seeing you, Hannah Horton, you've got your usual guys, but you just had all these guests on, and there's a real generosity about that because, you know, it's a Pizza Express, it's your show. But you did sort of have a collective attitude about it. No, well, thank you. And I think that's one thing for people that that know me, you know, and I know this is a contradiction, especially considering my performing arts background, because obviously I trained in theatre, so I trained in dance drama and so on. Um, Tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I don't like attention. I find it really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, but I I accept. 
yeah yeah and I but I completely accept with my business hat on it's like no this this is this is what I'm doing and I can't possibly you know ultimately if I want to gig at certain venues then I have to be known if you like or I need to be a certain level I don't like that word but I'm not going to be able to gig at certain venues if people don't know who I am so I accept that there's a level of um that I need to reach uh which is you know which is what I do and and you know have been getting quite successful I guess at doing that but I don't like it I, I find well, it very I uncomfortable say, I can tell I don't mean oh yeah I can tell uh, I mean I think just from a few things you'd said over the the um 10 days you know at Toulouse and and, a, and it's uh yeah it's quite nice I'm I'm just the opposite I'm like no oh. But well, I'm, and it's not a criticism. No, and that's, that's not. And that's you know, I'm just yeah. saying, I only noticed it and through little couples of little things. So I'm just saying, I'm just concurring. Yeah, I can see that. So, you know, it's it, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, that doesn't come across when you're performing. No, well, that I think, yeah. Conversational things outside of performing, you know. Well, so, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. It's, I'm not, don't get me wrong, it's not that I'm shy. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, once I'm on the stage, then I, I'm, a, I'm in some ways a different person, but yeah. I don't like, so, so for me, the album launch, I'm like, you know what, it would be amazing to get some special guests. So I had Hannah Horton, as you mentioned, did, uh, she was on saxophone because my um, other, my regular saxophonist, Lauren, was unable to make because we're on holiday which is an outrage um and then I had also um Charlotte Keefe uh on trumpet um so that was a yeah so it was a really lovely night but but and this is the thing and this this covers me as a person me as a musician and also women in jazz media that you know I truly consider us all in this together and actually, if we really changed our mindset and thought about it in that way, it would be easier for all of us. You know, so venues, they need artists. Artists need venues. You yeah. know, pub- publications, they need writers. Writers need publications. And I know it's an obvious thing to say, but I think this is part of the disconnect that we have in the jazz industry. And it's not even gender specific, is that sometimes we, we forget that we are all in this together and we're all equal. So for me, with my musicians and my music, in fact, I post more pictures on my social media sites of the people I work with than I do of me because I'm so happy and proud and honored to shout about the people I work with. And I'm far rather do that than talk about me. (laughs) And on a team note, I was was sort of saying, you know, I was, no, I, I was, I think I suggested it once and it was just that you didn't want to, but you didn't even, uh, you know, have a spot, you know, and that's, I suppose as well, it's, it is that sense of, as I say, you're, you're the founder of it and it is, you're being true, not true to that mission, but yet they're just, you, you didn't really feel the need to, and now it's my show, you know, until you presented us with presents and things. Um, and, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's that sense of professionalism about the sort of uh, organisation that you've started. It's very followed through. I mean, your 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 production, the way the, the things that you do, and your I can't remember the word now, mm-hmm. is very impressive and inspiring. What I got mainly in, in that context, what I got from you is like the more you do, the more you do. You just keep doing, and then you know it, it's it's quite. It's quite inspiration. You can pick up things like that pretty quickly. I just thought, yeah. And so, you know, yeah, it's quite inspiring. And I sort of learned from that and thought, right, I'm going to take on the tenant management thing as well and blah, blah, blah. Just because it's inspiring, uh, uh, you can edit most of it. 
<laughs> you get it down to the you you have that the more you do the more you do you're very productive aren't you that's what I'm trying to say no I yeah I, I do understand what you mean and, and thank you and I think that's one of the things that again going back to the power of a female collective but also like Colette <laughs> you know it's like we, we yeah. forget we inspire each other you know when you see you know Colette doing this podcast that's an inspiration yeah you know, highlight it and that but what that does is feed other people to kind of go oh do you know what? I'd, I'd love to help out with that or support that or you kind of put it in context of your life and go okay well what can I do yeah. to also support so I, th- I think we we all inspire each other and we all learn different skills and pick up things as we go along yeah, so cool. I think you know and even me like the magazine I'm currently working on the next magazine yeah. well, y- yes I'm a journalist I'm a writer but you know I I I had never put a magazine together before no um, but, but, yeah, but you know I, I can do that now and I'm, yeah. I'm quite I mean I've still really got a way it. to go but no, um, good I was really I loved it um so back to your music and stuff like that so <laughs> we'd have the pizza express and blah 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 the jazz journal one I saw so is it officially out yet I can't remember sorry yes it came out the beginning of October that's right you said yeah it came out the beginning of October and now you're just doing the promo work and all that stuff aren't you the follow-up that we do and once we've brought a product out Yep, yep. So I've had uh, had quite a few gigs and yeah, loads of reviews and interviews. And then next year, more gigs. I'm hoping to go to Italy to do some gigs. Ooh, and kind of lovely. yes, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah. Um, and there's a few things that were put on hold because of COVID. So I just hadn't even bothered to look into it. But I'm determined to do it next year. So, so it's all about um, promoting this album. You don't need to be doing another one at the moment. This is it, isn't it? Because it's just out. So this is your project. And well, I, there will be another one comes out next year. Um, but um. Uh, yeah. Is that bubbling up or anything you can say? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll write that. I'll write, I'll write that over Christmas, uh, and then it'll be a kind of in between. So it's an acoustic album. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'll start recording that probably in January. So yeah. uh, kind of a little acoustic album, and then a kind of another big band one will come out. Right. Next so year. So the so we, I, I know it's not it's only a formative idea at the moment, but when you say acoustic one of that is that. Uh, original stuff or covers? Oh, I, yeah, I always do my own stuff. I've never done. I've never story? recorded any covers. Yeah. Yes, okay, forget. Because of course, the other thing about you is you're not just a singer. You're a piano <laughs> player. Yeah, I'm and I produce. Yeah. So yeah, all my albums. I'm the composer and the ranger. So I arrange you know, all the brass wow. and produce it. And, like yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you do all that. So can, right, very briefly, I know you were you, you trained as a dancer and stuff like that. But so the music stuff, where did that come in as a child, the piano player? Yeah, well, I started learning when I was six. So I was classically trained as a pianist um, from the age of six. And then uh, also did, uh, I think I started singing lessons when I was like 11 or 12. But mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, started yeah the piano when I was six and did all my grades. And yeah, um, w- was equally trained in dance, drama and music, actually. So you did a sort of performance art course, did you? I went to stage school. Oh, you went to stage school? You yeah, did you I was one of those. Which one did you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Arts educational. Ah, uh, in Ealing, not Ealing way. Um, it's Chiswick now. Yeah, it was the same one. In fact, my mum sent me there because that's where Judy Andrews went. <laughs> not bad idea. She did all right, didn't she? <laughs> she did. But my mum was obsessed. She wanted me to be the next Judy Andrews. Right. So that that is absolutely one of the main reasons I think that I was sent to that school. Was because oh, you swing Andrews more than Judy Andrews. Well, I, I mean, nothing against you, Andrews, but I, I never had a dream of being <laughs> the next studio. I wanted to be Aretha Franklin. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> who I wanted to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, swing it, Julie. 
Yeah. Um, she's still going. She's crying. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we should probably. I realise we could probably chat for ages. So oh, we should, we should stop. probably stop talking now, yeah. or at least uh, sign off a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I do want to do another huge shout out to Colette, and please, listeners, I know this is Colette's podcast, but do have a listen and look at her incredible work, the music that she has out there, and the, the, all the different projects that she does, is uh, absolutely amazing. So that's it for this week. A huge thank you to Colette for asking us to sit in. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Esther Bennett. And me, Fiona Ross. Links to us and women in jazz media are in the show notes. And uh, yeah, Sisters in the Shadows is a pod people production and also in aid of the Nordorf Robbins Music Therapy Charity, which Colette is an ambassador for. So please do support them in any way you can. They do incredible work. Thanks for listening and uh, take care. We'll uh, speak to you all soon. Thanks, Esther. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Thank you.